Welcome to This Engineering Life, the undergraduate series. I'm Becky Simmons, an associate professor of the practice in mechanical engineering and materials science at Duke University. I'm joined with co-hosts Sydney, Grant, Priya, Fran, and Reyna, all undergraduate engineering students at Duke University. We are on season five. We're really excited about the episodes for this season. And for our very first episode, we are just doing a get-together talking with all the co-hosts about their first couple weeks on campus and with the experience of being a little bit remote and then now fully in person for the spring 2022 semester. We're also going through and talking about a homework assignment that we had over winter break, reading a book by Malcolm Gladwell. We're glad that you've joined us. Also, check out our website for bios, episodes, content, and other fun information. Thank you. We are made it to season five, and I am Becky, and I'm joined by all of the co-hosts. We are here uh, getting ready to celebrate the start of the new semester and season. Why don't we go around and just intro ourselves? Woohoo! Hey, everybody. Welcome to season five. My name is Fran Romano. I am a senior studying mechanical engineering. This is my third season on the podcast, and I'm excited to be back. It's my final season, um, and I'm looking forward to a great semester. Hey, everyone. This is Grant Lopresti. I'm also a senior here at Duke studying electrical and computer engineering. This is also my final season with this engineering life. Very sad. Been here since the beginning, which is kind of crazy, but super excited to see what we can build this year and excited to pass it on. Hi guys, this is Raina. I'm a sophomore studying mechanical engineering and it's only my second season. Um, you can't get rid of me yet, don't worry about it. <laughs> but I'm really excited to keep this going. Hey guys, it's Priya. Uh, I'm a junior, biomedical engineering and electrical computer engineering and this will also be my third season. Hey everyone, it's Sydney Hunt. I'm a junior studying electrical and computer engineering and computer science. Um, this is my fourth season with This Engineering Life and I'm super excited to now be in the same time zone since I was abroad last semester. That's great. We're all here together tonight and um, interesting start to the semester. So maybe let's start a little bit to the about the semester. So this episode will just be what's going on and who we are and what we think is going to happen this year. And also we, we had a little homework assignment over winter break. Uh, Fran, do you want to tell us about the homework assignment? Yeah. The homework assignment was to read a wonderful book called talking to strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. And I'll be honest, when Simmons handed me the book, I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm gonna read this one. But I read the whole thing, and it was it was a great book, and I'm excited to get into it. And how many books have you read over the last four years? I do not want to say that on record. I will not say that. It's hard to read a book when you're in the throes of the semester. Yeah, <laughs> even when you're not. So, and Brent, I've had you for many classes, and maybe this I will say that this would be my, my greatest feat, getting you to read this book. <laughs> I think you're right, honestly. <laughs> I was like, my parents, like, whenever we walk by, like, a Barnes & Noble, they're like, Fran, watch out. You're a little allergic to books over there. 
So, so when when they saw you over winter break with a book, what was the? They were shocked. They were like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> That's a good book. Oh, good. Good. Okay, so we're going to talk about the book a little bit in case people have read it um, and are interested in hearing our take and I think some interesting discussions around it. But before we get into that, let's just talk about highlights of the semester so far. So we're into week three, week four of the spring 2022 doesn't really roll off the tongue. I think 2020 rolls off. The 2022 is a little bit more. Um, so what have the, let's just go around. What have the first couple of weeks with uh, remote classes for a little bit and tenting and everything else go? Sydney? Yeah, um, I'm super excited. Uh, first off, I'm taking ECE 280, which is signals and systems. And I like brain machine interfaces. So I think it's so cool. And my professor, Dr. Collins, also does my research. So um, that's really fun. And also just having an in-person engineering class. I haven't had one since spring 2020. So being able to actually like wire breadboards and stuff was really fun last week. Okay. Uh, yeah, we had the first, what, week, week and a half online. And I kind of forgot about how nice and convenient online classes are. I always <laughs> preferred online classes because they record and like an hour and 15 minute lecture, I can get done in like 30 minutes. So now I have to actually go sit in person, which is not as convenient. And I have to actually leave my dorm, but it's okay. But yeah, like Sydney said with the in-person labs, I think it's really interesting because a lot of um, like we're juniors and we went remote um, like second semester freshman year. And um, a lot of people are also remote uh, first semester sophomore year and that was our like fundamentals of engineering classes like EC 110 um, some people had uh, EC 230 EC 280 so like all the introduction to like the digital measuring um, instruments were online so now we, we're having some of our upper, upper level engineering classes and people don't know how to use them and it's kind of a mess but um, I feel like I caught up because I TA'd those classes last semester in person. Well, that's interesting to think about the the benefits of TAing then too, and how it's really helped out. That's the only reason I know how to use an oscilloscope. <laughs> Everybody was so like they were amazed. I was sitting in BMB three fifty four, which is medical instrumentation, and they were like, they were so amazed when I like scaled it and zoomed it in. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's why you can see your signal. <laughs> That's, that's great, though. Also, uh, a good call to, to, to TA even in non-COVID yeah, times. Yeah, because the TAs for those upper-level classes now, they took all these classes in person. So it's I don't think the thought has even crossed their mind that we've never used these things in person. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we walked into our that lab yesterday, and the TA was like, well, what do you mean you guys don't know how to code in Arduino? <laughs> A lot, a lot to catch up. Rena, what about you with the first couple of weeks? Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, I kind of like, um, I live in Swift, so yeah, I totally get the like having to actually go to class. It's kind of like a hike. Um, but I still kind of feel like we're almost in like week one right now because like everything is like just fully moving back online. Like I don't even have my first in-person lab until this Thursday. Um, so it's been kind of weird. Also kind of going to miss the online classes with Tenching starting now. Um, Last year, we didn't have tenching, and I'm a sophomore, so I'm doing it this year, and I'm really excited, but it's a lie. Like, we're there, like, 24 hours a day. You have to, like, someone in your group has to be there, so um, I have to miss class because a lot of 
my group is mechanical engineers. Sorry, Dr. Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we have to, four of us are in the same class. And so like no one else can go at that time. So we have to like alternate every week with like who's going to miss and then who's going to provide the notes for us. Um, so it's a scheduling nightmare, but hopefully it'll be worth it for the game. It's good bonding to the mechan- you know, for mechanicals. Yeah, absolutely. Class. Yeah. Um, so I was lucky, like, you introduced me to a lot of my Mechie friends when we had EJ 101, EJ 121, um, but getting to know them, like, really well because I'm literally living with them in a tent outside for a month <laughs> is a different experience than that. I would say. So then we have the two seniors. So see, does, how crazy does that feel? It's kind of wild. Um, I don't know about you, Fran. I'm very excited for this semester. I... Came back from COVID and a year off last year, needing to take a lot of prereqs, if you will, all at the same time, EC230, EC270, that type of class. And last semester was just miserable. It just was. And the, scheduled to graduate? Yeah, kind of. So my situation, I'm graduating at the end of next fall, but I'm actually going to take next fall abroad in Madrid, which mm-hmm. I'm super excited about. To do that, I did have to overload the semester, but... For the first time ever, basically all of my classes are things that I'm actually interested in and enjoy. I'm getting to dive into machine learning for the first time. I'm getting to do some computer hardware stuff, which I find really interesting. Taking a photography class. Did you know you could take photography classes? Um, I'm, I'm really excited for it. I jokingly said at another meeting that I had a discussion in class for the first time about something we read that wasn't a textbook or like an equation and it was kind of crazy and so exploring some new things it's definitely not going to be easy but I'm very excited for all the stuff I'm doing this semester kind of a cool way to end things out yeah excellent excellent yeah I had a similar plan to grant um for graduating I was planning on graduating December and in the fall I decided I'll graduate in May actually so it like took me a while to be like oh no I am a senior like I do end in May Uh, But that's definitely starting to hit this semester. Um, I did take advantage of the online school and went to Canada on a whim. Um, My friend who is an ex-Mechie, actually, now he's an ideas major. So shout out the ideas majors. Um, Takes his car all around the world and it started in South Africa. He took it up through the continent of Africa into the Middle East, like up through Russia, down Europe, across the ocean into Canada. And we drove it from Canada back to Durham, North Carolina. Um, and that was a fun trip right before school started. I took Simmons class while I was skiing, um, <laughs> <laughs> which was fun. Um, and yeah, looking forward to a great semester. Uh, I finally don't have like lecture at all, like, like a Mechie lecture, uh, core class, which is really interesting. Um, and I'm really diving into neuro classes. So I'm taking two neuro classes and two Mechie classes. Which really works well with what you're going to do next, right? Yeah, I plan on going to uh, Neuralink post-grad and I need to brush up on my neuro. So I'm half of my schedule is neuroscience. So it's, it's really good. I'm learning a lot. It's just great to hear about all the opportunities and the fun that you get to have. Um, so, so that's really awesome. Okay, so let's... Should we do like one more like word for the semester? Or is that too hard? Yeah. Um, my word for the semester, I would say, is sleep. I've actually <laughs> like fixed my sleep schedule, and I'm really proud to say that I'm not getting a like really insufficient amount of sleep anymore. Um, so I'm hoping to continue that momentum because um, 
I want to be energized to like see all the people I haven't seen in so long and just like enjoy this in-person class. So I'm looking forward to having a good sleep schedule. <laughs> and it's hard. Like in college, it's like it bounces around so much. So when you say that you want to get stay on a good sleep schedule, like that's a much different thing for a college student, right? Absolutely. It's also hard because like I feel like a lot of college norms are like staying up late and it's like, let's go to the lab at 3 a.m. And you're like, ah, okay. Um, and it's it's you know, it's fun and you bond, but um, at the same time, it's just like, you're so tired the next day. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a work-life balance and trying to get excited for um, when I feel like energized to enjoy all the little moments in life. That's awesome. I would say my word is improvise because I have no plan for this semester. <laughs> I'm kind of burnt out from last Gosh. semester and I'm just trying to survive at this point. So I'm just going to improvise as I go. <laughs> we went back from like survive though is the key word. Yeah. To imp- improvise seems yeah. like it though like has, has made well, some progress. Because historically when I try to have a plan in the semester, I do so well at the beginning and then I burn out. So I'm kind of just going to go with the flow. Like, I'm not feeling the start an assignment a week early if I don't have to. Kind of just, like, get things done when they need to get done. If I need a break, take a break. Kind of just whatever I'm feeling at any given moment. I I love that, though, too, because you're trying something new. Right? Like, why not try something new? And it may or may not work. But at least you've given it a a try. That's awesome. Yeah. Raina, what's your word for the semester? I think my word's going to be organization. Um, yes, I think at this point, my schedule is planned down to the 15-minute mark with tending <laughs> shifts. So I'm going to have to be organized if I'm going to survive this semester, I think. And I will say, Rena, you're a pretty organized person to begin yeah. with. I do my best, yeah. I've The first week I spent the online time like putting every single assignment for all of my classes into like an Excel sheet, yeah. Um, and it's helped me so much for, compared to last semester. So yeah, it's, it's honestly a godsend. Highly recommend. I think I see a book coming right now oh gosh yeah. <laughs> book. i barely have time to read a book <laughs> but we'll see we'll see um grant here i think my word for the semester is going to be savor just mm-hmm. savoring every last piece of everything um tenting this year i am finishing up i actually just started a part-time job with something that i've been working on a sort of a side project my whole time at Duke, so savoring the last bits of impact I get to have there, the classes I'm enjoying, the friends I'm going to be around. Everybody is about to scatter to a whole bunch of different places, and so taking advantage of just the space I have right now to be with a lot of cool and awesome people and mentors that have really determined and defined the past four years. So just savoring the last pieces of things. I love that. Yeah, continuing on, like, just savoring the people around you. My word would be social. Um... I feel like last semester I was like very school focused, but in a good way. Like I really enjoyed everything I was doing. Um, but I like, I think I have the best friends ever. Like I'm, I really like my friends. Um, so I'm really looking forward to just doing things with the people around me. And my best friend and I, we started like a cocktail thing this semester. And it's an idea we've had since freshman summer and we've never done it. And like, we're finally doing it this semester. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to that. So that what is a co- so I know you're in candles. You <laughs> candles this semester. So candles and cocktails, friend. What is this? Well, yeah, what's the name for it though. We actually okay. So the uh, the name is people who. I think it's now candles and cocktails. <laughs> we could change the name. 
Um, but the idea stemmed from like my friend and I, we had different friend groups freshman year and like none of them ever interacted. And I was also reflecting on how I had met really great people, but none of them really knew each other. Um, so we were like, what if we create an event where we invited people that we thought were great and they all got to meet each other? Um, and so we called it People Who. And we did our first one last Thursday. And the theme was uh, people who you could bring home to your parents. Oh, interesting. And so him and I sat down and we thought, thought about people who we could bring home to our parents and who probably didn't know each other. And I made these metal invites in the collab. They have a QR code on the back that take you to a website that has a password. And oh, only wow. the invitees see the password. And the invitees don't know what the common thread is between them, but they know four other people got invited. So the idea is when they come to our place and we make cocktails, they all get to know each other and figure out what this common theme That's is between fun. all of them. I love that. Yeah. That's, really cool. That's so fun. Yeah. Yeah, we wait. Yeah. You didn't invite any of the co-hosts here. Yeah. <laughs> we have only done one. Only five people have been invited. Well, there's pressure now. Yeah, there's pressure now. Um, but yeah, really putting my engineering skills to work, um, and it's it's going really well. A lot of lot of good um, reception. Alan just noticed your hair is back to brown. <laughs> it's like not even there yet. <laughs> you have to dye it back, or did you grow it out? I tried to grow it all the way out, but it was taking too long. So I dyed it, but clearly it's two different colors still. So, uh, so backstory, Fran, Fran on a whim at Halloween dyed his hair yellow. Bleached it, what, yeah. What, what color? Yeah, it was bleaching? Yeah. I just thought it'd be kind of funny. Um, <laughs> and I thought it was. My Halloween costume was Dash from The Incredibles. Oh. And then, and then I was like, come on, I can't just like dye it back. That's kind of lame. So I waited and waited to grow it out. But my sister's getting married in like a week. <laughs> and no one likes the blonde hair. <laughs> Not even I. Like after two weeks, I was like pretty color. done with it. Like prime opportunity. Your hair was already bleached. You're right. Uh, missed that opportunity. Up with uh, pink hair. Tears. <laughs> maybe, maybe Fran is going to do one of the goals for this semester is Fran's going to do some TikTok videos. Maybe he'll tie his Yes, yeah, he so, is. Look for, look for that. <laughs> he is a TikTok for your show now. <laughs> we have time for these cocktails and candles. Yeah. Come on, TikTok We're videos TikTok. for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, maybe we take this off the record, but I did drop I and E because I valued people who more than the I and E certificate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe the I and E taught you that. So, to like, you know, be an entrepreneur and start. Yeah. My secondary word was going to be prioritization, and I think that was a, a good prioritization yeah, of things. Okay, so Malcolm Gladwell. I, I love, love, love Malcolm Gladwell. His books are really awesome, in my opinion. Um, I don't know if Talking to Strangers was my favorite of the books, though. I'd have to agree. Um I, I thought it was a really good book. It was really interesting. Um, just kind of a little backstory on the book, I guess. He goes through a lot of like short like stories, but like that have like actually happened like throughout history or um, just recent things and kind of relates them to what we know, and what we don't know, our perception of talking to strangers, um, which is where the title of the book comes from. But the one thing I didn't like is he talks about a lot of like kind of like touchy subjects almost like he talks about the Brock Turner case he talks about um the Nasser case he talks about a lot of stuff like that and 
One of his main points in the book, I feel, is that we should treat strangers with compassion, but I necessarily didn't feel a lot of compassion when he was talking about some of those stories. I don't know if I was alone in that. Yeah, but, you know, what motivated, I think, when we picked this book was the title, Talking to Strangers. And since we're doing the podcast and we were very lucky to talk to a lot of strangers. Um, and so, Grant, you were interested based on the title. So it, do you feel like it gave some insight for podcasts or it took you on a sort of a different road? Definitely a different road. Um, agreement with Becky here that, I don't know, I think getting advice on how to socialize and how to work with other people is important. And that's sort of what I was expecting, but it was definitely more along the, I'm going to tell you a bunch of stories to illustrate mm -hmm. this point. Um, I agree with Raina that I didn't love how he approached some of the subjects that he talked about. I think, I don't know. It's interesting. I think it was almost as if he was using a few of the stories to further his point, which I think he did a good job of. It just felt a little weird for me in those moments. Also, this book was written a little while back, and we've learned new things in the past few years, and a lot of social perceptions of things have changed a little bit. So I think there's something to be said behind that. What I found interesting in general was just the perspective that we as humans do a really, really bad job of judging strangers based off of appearance, based off of the way they speak, the different mannerisms that they have. And even just that as being a takeaway that maybe I shouldn't make an assumption about someone just because of a little something that I noticed because the value of that is so small compared to so many other things out there that maybe preventing yourself from making snap judgments is something that I took out of this. It's actually quite interesting. I was reading another book recently called Thinking Fast and Slow that talks about the difference between your intuitive system one thought and your more drawn out sort of cognitive system two thought and how checking yourself when you have those instantaneous thoughts about the reason a person may be doing something um, can be valuable. So I think that's what I took out of the book. And I thought that was a cool lesson, regardless of exactly how it was presented. I thought that was interesting in the case of like uh, judges. And when you put um, someone who is convicted of crime in front of a judge and the judge has to decide what their sentence is going to be. And they compared um, whether the person was actually guilty or innocent to um, the results of having an AI bot do it. Uh, solely based on the factual information from the case. Um, and they found that the um, computer system was better than the judges in general. Um, but like going back to like, you have to look someone in the eye and like judge it. And that's like an inherently human thing that we need to do. And it's like, although it could be better, it'll never be a computer that ends up deciding kind of someone's fate. Um, yeah, was it? Like putting someone in prison, or was it like a death penalty setting thing? Bail, yeah. setting bail, yeah, bail setting bail, and, and prison sentence. Yeah, it was a whole a score of things there. Um, I think it's also really interesting, like Grant was saying before, about how the time period has shifted. Uh, when you just think about like COVID and like everyone wearing masks now, it's really hard to like read people. And I remember the first semester of Duke when we were like 
came back that my sophomore fall, we were all like fully masked and, you know, doing online school. I would pass by people I knew and like smile at them, but it wasn't enough to like make my eyes go up. It was like a small smirk, but then they couldn't see that. And then I was like, oh my gosh, they think I hate them, you know, like, and just that's just like, like, I don't know if they felt that way. I didn't ask them, but like, I feel like that's a very small example of like how we are just like judging someone by like what we see on the outside and like you don't see the smile through the mask but like I was like intending to be friendly and wanted to like you know smile at you but if I wasn't wearing the mask I think you would have seen that um side so I think it's also really like I took I guess I took um I guess I another takeaway I had from it was just like the importance of like uh, characterizing someone beyond like more than just like their physical features and like what you know about what you're assuming they identify with and stuff like that um so yeah I think I think Malcolm Gladwell would also have like a very interesting spin after like quarantine started um mm-hmm. and I don't know that everything he said in the book would be the same even like making assumptions even like non-visual like if you think about um like we don't take video for our podcast and sometimes I wonder what people imagine from listening to us talk and like discuss things and they hear our opinions and some about our life I know one of the one of the things I thought about like back in high school I was like okay I've been listening to this one radio station for like every morning when I wake up this is kind of how I imagine these people and then I'd look I'd finally like look them up online and I'm like wow that's nothing how I imagined they'd be or what their life would be how old they are even um but like related to the book i think one of the interesting things i thought was um some of the like experiments or tests that they ran and how even people who are trained to perceive people for a certain result like the police therapists judges detectives they don't necessarily do that much better in perceiving like how someone's feeling or if they're lying i thought that was really interesting there's just a lot of ways you can perceive someone but also a lot of ways you can be aware of that and kind of take control of how you want other people to perceive you talked a lot about the cia yeah, and I, like, thought the, I thought that those conversations were very interesting yeah especially like working with someone for 20 years and being like no there's no way they're a spy and then they're like, you know, one of your best agents and you found out they're a spy. Well, and, that, and a lot of that's rationalizing away, right? That's yeah. what he talks about. But I think it's very interesting. I thought I thought uh, the CI was very interesting. I thought uh, Chamberlain, the story of Chamberlain uh, going to visit Hitler, Hitler and uh, his takeaway. So as undergrads, you have lots of conversations with strangers, right? You come to a school filled with people you've never, never met before. So you have strangers with other students. Uh, you have conversations with strangers and are trying to make friends. Um, you don't know the the professors, the staff, and then you have to do a lot of networking. You're going to internships. So really the amount of strangers that you meet over your four years. So difficult conversation, most difficult conversation. Anyone have one? Or best conversation with a stranger? I think... I think it's interesting how my conversations have evolved since freshman year. Just as a a note about myself, I think I've grown from being someone who had a conversation to maybe get someone to like them or to appear the way that they thought they should appear 
where now I really try to just be as honest and like truthful with everything that I say. And sometimes that comes back to bite me in the butt, but I don't know. I, I think I learned one of the common themes of this book as well was that people have a bias for truth, I think is the way he put it. And that you're more often to like believe that someone is telling the truth and rationalize away that the person you've been working with for 20 years is actually a human spy. Um, and I don't know, just kind of realizing that people do trust what I say and value what I say. And if I lie about something to appear better or something like maybe they'll believe that, but I'm going to feel kind of crappy inside. And so the way that I have conversations has definitely evolved to be just of, of full honesty. And that's something that I'm really proud of having, having built. Probably as far as difficult conversations, um, back in high school, I used to like only have female friends because that's kind of just like based off of, you know, only allowed to have like female friends over. Um, But in college, I ended up in a friend group of only guys. And that was a really different perspective because even even being at Duke, there's a lot of new perspectives, a lot of diversity, but also um, it's really easy to think you're similar kind of in like beliefs or work ethic, but um, there were a lot of enlightening conversations I've had with them where maybe um, like my perception on like guys in general was a little off, but also some things where I thought we would have similar um, opinions or like standings on something and they're completely off from what I have. So I think that's really interesting. Um, I think for me, something that actually uh this morning in the the chronicle email some senior wrote like a list of advice yeah it was amazing oh my gosh that advice was wonderful so Um, so give us backstory on on it um so this is senior at duke um leah somerville uh who i guess is a i don't know if she's a chronicle writer or no okay just a guest column i guess yeah exactly and she just wrote an entire list of like advice for students at duke and it ranged from you know like uh Oh, yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Um, So, yeah. So actually, this one, this one quote is the one I wanted to talk about that um, I thought about after reading the book. It says it will be the highlight of your day to see the girls you sat with at Marketplace on campus, ask them to lunch, actually follow through on it. And I feel like for me, um, a freshman year and Dr. Simmons, IGR 101 class, actually my partner for the 3D printing what's it called like the design sprint. design yeah design sprint um we really only interacted for that like what like two or three week period and always said hi to each other and like passing the next two and a half years but like never actually uh or really more than I would say just like lab partner class partners um in a project and then this semester I walk into my 350 lab and like he was the only person I recognized and um I was also the only person he recognized and now we're lab partners again and it feels kind of like full circle and you get to like catching up of like what's happened the last two and a half years you know um and then our we got like another lab person added uh to our group who's like from dku and we were talking to her about just like her college experience and my friend from eodra 101 on the swim team so like now me and the girl from dku are like gonna go watch his like swim meet against unc next week and it just feels very like that wasn't a stranger to me but like it also kind of was a stranger because i didn't really make the effort to go beyond like just being a lab partner um but it's like someone that is like super kind and friendly and like i feel like uh is 
someone like what Leah Somerville is like follow through on like I guess uh doing more than quote-unquote necessary in the bare minimum to like connect with people um so yeah I feel like talking to strangers also applies to people that like you just talk with once and they're not total strangers to you but like um you wouldn't consider them your closest friends if that makes sense and just the importance of really being honest and like truthful and not afraid to like be vulnerable with people and like find closer connections that's great yeah um yeah, I definitely like resonate with that because kind of what we talked about earlier, like I'm tenting with a group of mechanical engineering girls who last year to me, like we had like a class together maybe. So like I would consider them like that level of stranger. And now like I will be living with them 24 hours a day for like the next month. Um, but I feel like he talks in his book about the more you get to know someone doesn't necessarily mean like you actually like are getting to know the real them. Um, but I feel like kind of going back to Grant, like what you were saying about being like really honest in your conversations, it's that like showing a little bit of vulnerability when you're talking to a stranger, I think can really help make a different connection than maybe the connections that he talks about in his book. Um, I think it really elevates like that level of going from a stranger to going to like a friend is the vulnerability there. Uh, Something I've learned a lot from my friend and the person I'm doing, the people who cocktails with is um, he leads a lot of DUU meetings. He's like one of the exec people on DUU. And so he works a lot with freshmen and people he's never met before. And he was like, yeah, when I first came to Duke, I'd always like lead those meetings like really seriously, like I dress up and you you just get like really poor responses from people. Um, so he was like, this isn't even me. And now he goes into meeting and like immediately cracks a joke and like will be super casual about like his day and like how things are going. And he finds that people are way more receptive and like everyone engages significantly more in their meetings. Um, so yeah, I found it like very useful when you meet new people to just kind of be like vulnerable and honest, like Grant was saying. Um, and you, you get a lot more reception and people are a lot more excited to, to be involved. Going off of what they were saying about, um, like honesty and conversations, I feel like I just had an epiphany because I, it's so hard for me to network and like interview because it's it's like you have to sell yourself and it's not really like the perception I have about myself. So it feels like I'm not being honest, which is why I realize I don't really like networking or interviews. I don't know. That was just something I realized. No, I totally agree with that. Um, I had been working with like people at Duke to help me with like um, applications for stuff. And the way I was writing, they were like, why are you writing like this? You're making yourself sound like you did nothing. Um, when in reality, like if you just even just like reverse the order of a sentence, all of a sudden it sounds like that much greater. And it's like Priya was saying, it's something that's not really supernatural for me to like talk about myself in that way. And I feel like a lot of people feel like that. Um, but I feel like we got to give ourselves like more credit um, for like what we actually have done. And sometimes you feel like a mess and everything's falling apart. But like <laughs> in reality, like you're doing really, really great. Um, and you should be proud of yourself like always. I think that's so, so interesting. Um, it's it's extremely valid. And I think part of the reason for that is that an application or something isn't usually a space where you feel like you can be authentic about things um, and really explain what's going on. I've also really put an effort this year into starting conversations with questions about other people because I find that when you do give people the space, they really do love to talk about themselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like everybody's favorite topic is themselves. And so I've tried to 
I don't know, almost like be a little Socrates, like instead of answering questions, just constantly ask questions to people. And I, I realized I love learning about people. And I think that's part of what this podcast has been for me is just getting to ask really cool questions to really interesting people and give them a space to talk about something they're passionate about. Um, we had, I'm on so, the... F- and, and talking to strangers in this situation is a lot different than what he's talking, right? Absolutely. Like when you're a judge or uh, Chamberlain or in the CIA, it's we, we're kind of in a, a great situation to talk to s- to strangers, right? Yeah, I agree. And though to some extent, I think this can be transferred. Like, imagine if a judge sat down and looked the defendant and said, and like the casual way their friends mentioned, like, all right, dude, like, what's going on here? What happened? Chat with me about this. And instead of some legal, super formal proceeding that maybe will work out, maybe won't, like, maybe let's just have a conversation about things. I have no idea if that would actually be successful in a court of law, <laughs> but... It might lead to people being a little more honest about stuff, you know? Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think the book also talks a lot about how, like, people react to different things in different ways. And sometimes what you expect someone to, like, perceive of, like, oh, if you're, like, loud and, like, moving a lot, then you're guilty, you know? But if you're, like, silent and cool and um, do everything that someone who, quote, unquote, is not lying would do, then um, you're not guilty. And I think going back to what Grant said of just like having much more casual conversations sometimes lets people put their guard down and say like what they're actually feeling versus like tensing up and getting nervous and maybe being defensive just because they are scared of like not knowing what's going to happen. So if you can just take down that wall and like be human with each other and like really connect on that one-to-one level, I think the world would like make a lot more progress and just deeper and real more real human connections. Yeah, Grant, I think you brought this up briefly earlier, but he talked about truth default theory is what he calls it. And it's just like the willingness to kind of accept that what you're being told is true. And he talks about how everyone has like a different like threshold for doubt, like how many like essentially like red flags you have to see in someone before you're like, oh, like maybe they're not telling the truth. Um, So like in the case of like the spy that they knew for 20 years, it's like maybe like a little different, but that's like makes sense like they've known this person so long obviously it's going to take more and more red flags for you like oh maybe they're lying to me um and I feel like specifically in our talks with strangers especially like on campus like I think personally like my threshold for doubt is so low like I'm not expecting someone that I'm meeting that's like in my classes to just like start lying to me um and I think that's for this podcast specifically why we can have some really amazing conversations why we can learn so much from the people that we have on the show what if everyone's been lying to us this whole time (laughs) all the interviews have just been big lies (laughs) well I will say I've I've had students that have come into my office and and been like uh, Becky you know I'm so concerned you know I, I scored this on my test and I know all of the people in my social group or on this board, they they all got like really high grades. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't tell you what they got, but they all failed, right? <laughs> so I don't know what that counts for, but uh, they're having cases like that. Uh, I, I remember from being an undergrad, some of the bit, the hardest initial conversations were with my professors, mm-hmm. like breaking, especially for me coming out from a school where, um, high school where the dynamic was the teachers at the front of the class, you didn't really interact with them very much. So the idea of going and putting yourself out there and flunching or uh, going to an office hour seemed, cr- or asking any additional questions outside of class seemed crazy. It took me a year and a half to work up the courage to go. And that turned into it. The, the, the professor was amazing, but I did spill 
a whole huge Diet Coke all over his office. <laughs> so my first experience, yeah, my first, of course, my first experience. Uh, but he was so kind for someone that seemed um, so just. Uh, uh, what, what do you call it? Just. Um, Together. Put together, yeah. So put together, the kindness that he showed me, I, I think, really bro- uh, broke down a barrier and helped me um, ha- th- make me feel more convers- uh, more at ease with conversations with other professors, which was really cool. Got to start with a joke. You got to start with a joke. Relief. Oh my gosh! And you know I'm terrible at jokes. <laughs> yeah. I think it's funny the story you said about the friends lying about how good of grades they had because I feel like all my friends I have classes with we always bond over the struggle. Like we're not lying, and we all know we're struggling. So I feel like we get closer when we know we're all struggling, or like we can talk about how hard that test was, or it's. 2am and I'm only two problems into this problem said I have no motivation like the fact that we're all struggling and being honest about it is like extra motivation and and, and I think that's a good story because there's there are cohorts of people out there so if you feel like you maybe don't have that support mm-hmm. keep looking it exists at Duke it definitely mm-hmm. exists at Duke I will say there there can sometimes be a toxic element to that there too. There's sometimes the element of, oh yeah, I didn't study at all for this test and I have no idea what I'm doing. But really the person spent the entire last two weeks studying for it and just wants to come across as this like, I, I don't know, it's, it's a weird mix between the effortless perfectionism in, oh yeah, this was so easy and the, I don't know, almost falsified struggle. And again, I just, if all people approach things with honesty, I think life would be a much better place. I do think, though, to Fran's comment here about starting a meeting with a joke and coming in not dressed in a suit and Becky's comment about speaking with a professor outside of class, the space in which you engage in these conversations and being intentional about that. Like, how do you want a conversation to go? Will this conversation be better in Woo or in the gardens or in a dorm room or in a lecture hall? What's the best place? And what's the best attire and mannerisms and how do you want to approach things to get the best outcomes and to really learn what you want to learn through those conversations. I think there's so much value in that. And, and, and don't stress out it has to be perfect, right? Try all of these different things. Okay, so on a closing note, Fran, give us the joke that we're all going to use in the beginning of our next conversation. Okay, while I think of that, you never gave us your word for the semester. I you. Gosh, I didn't. You know, I have my. I had. I had my word for last year. My whole like mantra was flexibility, and you know, I'm not really good with change, so that was a big word for me. I I'm more of like, uh, like fun or excited or what's a good word? Uh, what's a good word for like all this positive energy I feel about this semester? Revitalize. Revitalized? I could be re- what? Grant, I'm going to jinx myself and get COVID next week if I say that word. Uh, what would be a good word to say, like? I think you're just focusing on the good vibes of like good vibes. Yeah, maybe that's. That sounds very cheesy, but I, I'm okay with cheesy. So I'm going to say my, my I have a two-part word: good vibes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fran is really yeah, thinking well, here. You, well, you he, got, he talked really big about having this joke to start it off. Obviously, this is harder than. The thing about jokes is they usually come off on a whim. So I was busy thinking of your word. <laughs> do, you but, have a, do you have a better word for me? Uh, well, I was, you know, too many things going on. I can't multitask, can't read my book, email, and watch TV. Um, what I did think, though, is if we do start, like, when we do our discussion, maybe we should say something funny that happened that week. Oh, okay. Um, something funny always happens every week, and at least to one of us. Okay, so tell us something funny that happened to you this week. <laughs> Fran, you have all these great suggestions, but you, you you make them sound easy until we put you on the spot. Something funny that happened to me is I woke up and my nose was frozen. Like, <laughs> oh, in the tent. Yeah, in I slept the tent. in a tent last oh. night and I woke up and my like my nose was like hard. It was literally frozen. So so uh did anyone comment on that? Any strangers say anything about that? Just my tent mates. I was like, hey, my face froze. And they're like, you should have worn more clothes. <laughs> Duke, we're full of good advice, aren't we? Yeah, people are pretty smart here. <laughs> Anyone else have something funny? One quick, funny, or joke? No. It's getting late. I was just happy that it snowed. The snow. The snow was fun. Yeah. I'm from Texas, so it doesn't snow. Yes, the snow was good. Okay, well, say goodbye. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll look forward to an awesome episode two coming out in two weeks. See you then. On Study Abroad. Yes. Yes. Thanks, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so one last thing. We have fortune cookies. Start of the new year. It's a lunar. Um, actually, it's a. Uh, Isn't it the year of the dragon? To year, I don't know. Yeah, to year. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Elite ASMR. Maybe we should get into ASMR. This What's ASMR? Uh, I don't know what ASMR stands for, but it's. Oh, add some yeah. sounds. I it's like basically it. when you like buy a really expensive mic and you just like make those sounds. Nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. like satisfying news. Ah. Like, really Sometimes you get like an actual soap or something. It's like that, but sound. Sometimes. Sometimes you get like an actual physiological response. To it? Yeah. I believe it. Okay, let's let's um, let's share our fortunes. I think this one goes really well uh, with what you're talking about, the importance of making people smile. So my fortune says, he deserves paradise who makes his companions laugh. Nice. Mine says, he who waits to do a great deal of good all at once will never do anything. I think it's just speaking against my procrastination. (laughs) (laughs) Mine says, for hate is never conquered by hate, hate is conquered by love. Mine says, if you think you can do a thing, or you think that you can't do a thing, you're right. (laughs) Wow, that's pretty good. That's a really good one. Mine says, try to channel excess energies into rejuvenation. I don't think I will do that, (laughs) but I appreciate the advice. (laughs) For he who always does his best, his best will better grow. I don't know. Is that good vibes? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Okay. Well, good fortunes to everyone. This Engineering Life is brought to you and supported by the Pratt School of Engineering at Duke University. 
A special thanks to all of our interviewees for sharing their experiences. Be sure to check back in in two weeks when we'll be chatting with Duke students about study abroad. You can find this episode and more resources online at thisengineeringlife.com. I'm Fran. I'm Priya. I'm Raina. And I'm Grant. And thanks for tuning in to today's episode of This Engineering Life. We'll see you again next week.